There's a scripture, and it's not the key scripture that we're going to deal with today, but there is a scripture that says our citizenship is in heaven. It's read in the King James this way, our conversation is in heaven. Literally, it would be translated our citizenship. There is a book that records everyone who is born again. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. And the day that you got saved, the day that I got saved, our name was pinned in that book. God has confidence in the blood of His Son. He has confidence in the power of His Holy Spirit that He sealed us with. He doesn't wait to see. God doesn't wait to see if we're going to make it. He has, let me tell you again, He has great confidence in the blood of His Son. He accepted the blood of His Son as the final payment for our sin. Now, we have to keep the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. We're partakers of Christ if we keep the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. But I'm telling you, amen, God has confidence in the blood of His Son. And God has confidence in the power of His Holy Spirit within us. And He goes ahead based on that confidence... Because we're not of them that turn back unto perdition. We're of them that believe unto the saving of the soul. And because God has that much confidence in the blood of His Son, and that much confidence in the power of His Spirit, we should have confidence in the blood of His Son. And we should have confidence in the power of His Spirit. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm glad that God isn't waiting to see if we're going to make it. I'm glad when you get saved that your name is placed in the Lamb's book of life according to the Word of God. And the Bible said and Paul said that our citizenship now, while we're citizens of earth, we have a dual citizenship. Heaven recognizes you as a citizen of there before you get there. And one man, based on that truth, he said, we're not citizens of earth on our way to heaven. We're citizens of heaven on our way home. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And Jesus taught, I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you that... And, and the, listen, the emphasis isn't on the place. Because when I hear mansion, I think of a big old double wide. No, no. <laughs> I'm from Kentucky. A big old double wide used to be a mansion for me. Amen. A 24 by 12, what you talking about? Amen. <laughs> I, I don't... <laughs> It's just the redneck in me coming out. I can't help it. I, when you get hillbilly, I've been here long enough to, anyway, you get hillbilly and redneck together and you get me. Amen. <laughs> but God is good. No, I don't think of a big double wide trailer, but I do think of some great mansion home, you know, six bedrooms and eight bathrooms. I don't get that, but. 
that it's available if you've got the money. Uh, you can go online and find out where one of these uh, one of these star football players in Tampa lives. You can see the value of his house, and it'll give a description of how many bedrooms and how many bathrooms. You can go online and find out where he lives, and you can find out where I live. See my mansion. Amen. <laughs> It's a nice home. Amen. It was built in 1953. It's weathered many storms just like me. Amen. Almost old as I am. Uh, but God has been good. So if you see just, if, if you go to the book of Revelation looking to see about the mansions and the gates and the pro, the city is going to blow us away. There's no doubt about it. But Jesus didn't put the emphasis on the beauty of the city as glorious as it's going to be. He put the emphasis on our relationship. A place. By the way, mansion, I don't want to burst your bubble, but mansion simply means abiding place in the Greek. Abiding place. In fact, it's more like a condo (laughs) where we're all going to live with him and live with each other forever. And it would pay us to learn to get along and love one another down here since we're going to be together forever. Yeah, denominations won't uh, won't exist. Uh, the classes will not exist. All of that changes at the foot of the cross. The rich and the poor. The, the it doesn't doesn't. You know, if, if there's a mega church. Several of them that say we try to we try we can't. We're it's so impersonal to go where there's thousands. There is a place for the small church where people can get to know one another, trust one another, pray for one another. Bear one another's burdens. There is a place for the small congregation. And I'm a small, con- small congregation physically preacher. Larger congregation through the website and the radio ministry uh, worldwide. But uh, I remember when you came out one Sunday when, we, uh, when we, uh, we began to get hits from London and from Africa and from the, from the Arctic, believe it or not, and, uh, and from Borneo. People have come to our website from Borneo. The only thing I know about Borneo is the wild man from Borneo on the little rascals. That's the <laughs> but there is a place. And and somebody is connected to the World Wide Web in Borneo. And they came to our website. And God has just been so good to us to allow us uh, to be a small, intimate group of people and reach out. Uh, But I believe we're going to need more room. And we're going to be moving from this property and from this building, uh, hopefully before the first of next year. A lot of things take a lot of transition time. But it's a bring me vessels, not a few. If we don't prepare... Because we believe that God is going to help us to reach more people in the city of Tampa than we certainly are not going to be ready for. We're not ready right now for that kind of revival and that kind of of infusion of people. But I read something the other day, and it really encouraged me, Brother Taylor. It said that with all of the programs and all of the activities that mega churches are able to produce to, to really entertain and entice people, there is a hunger. To hear the word of God preached as is written from the Bible. Amen. You know who's putting that in people's hearts? God is putting it in their hearts. Amen. Because faith comes by hearing. 
and hearing by the word of Almighty God. Amen. And it is so powerful. It is so very powerful. I believe if you could teach a parrot John 3.16, and you can, parrots are, there's some of them that are really, really smart. If he could quote John 3.16, and you could put it on the radio and say, here's, and they didn't know it was the bird doing it. The power that's in that word, believed and received, is enough for anyone to get saved. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. If that bird said, listen, Einstein was a parrot that had a vocabulary probably bigger than some of us. I mean, that bird, that's why they called him Einstein. He just passed away about a year ago. I used to tune in when we had birds and listen to him talk. He could just, he could sing songs, he could talk, he could say phrases and sentences. If Einstein quoted John 3.16 and somebody heard it and believed it and opened their heart to receive Christ, the powers vested in His Word. And He's putting the hunger back in the hearts of His people for His Word. So that by His Word and through His Word, Amen, He has chose, listen, the foolishness of preaching. With all of the stuff we got going on in the little mini sermons, I call it sermonettes for Christianettes that live in spiritual bassinets. Can you say amen? With all of that stuff going on to entice and entertain, there is no substitute for the Word of Almighty God. Can you say amen? Because a sower went forth to see, to sow, and the sower... We're part of that process as preachers and teachers, but the sower is the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And the seed is the Word of God. And when the seed, the Word of God, the unadulterated, actual... Oh, I hate to hear people apologize for anything God said in His Word. I can't hardly stand it. When people begin to apologize, we see so little of the manifestation of God's promises in the lives of His covenant people that we seem to have to apologize. Oh, He said that, but He didn't mean it. He said that then, but it's not for today. I can't hardly stand that. Amen. Listen, the church world is changing. Christians are changing their attitudes. But God has not changed. Nothing that He promised in His Word does He have to apologize for. He stands behind it. Can you say, man, heaven will pass away. Earth will pass away. But my Word will abide forever. Can you say, man? The Bible literally says it will not fail. Not one jot or tittle. Everybody say jot or tittle. You know what that would be? Not one period and not one comma. Can you say, man? Not one. Not, listen, he said, I, not, even a, not even the comma. I'm watching it that close. And the Bible said he watches over his word to perform it. If thou canst believe, thou canst see the glory of God. I'm not talking about the Shekinah initially, not necessarily the, 
But, but what happens when God answers prayer when a stone is rolled away and the dead man comes out? Did not I say unto you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? They didn't see fire, sparks, any kind of... But they saw a dead man come out of the grave. Can you say, man? And God is glorified when prayer is answered. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of Almighty God. And to read a recent poll... That with all of the things that we use to entice and entertain and involve people in church, that there is a core hunger emerging. What people, many people are looking for is the unadulterated, anointed Word of Almighty God. Hallelujah. He said His Word would be like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Hallelujah. It's like a two-edged sword, sharper than any two-edged sword dividing asunder and separating between the soul and the spirit hallelujah praise god here's something else he said he said hath he not said it if he didn't mean it if he didn't purpose it he should have never promised it elaine don't you tell me that you want to buy me an escalate and then not show up at the Cadillac dealership because I'm going to be there first thing in the morning. <laughs> if you don't mean it, don't say it. But if you had a windfall and you say, God told me to get Brother Pastor Venable an Escalade. You know what an Escalade is? Yes. Is it a pretty good ride? You think I could look good in it? Well, I could sell it and buy me two Toyotas, <laughs> his and hers. I forgot rednecks don't drive Escalades, amen. <laughs> Park that bad boy in Walmart parking lot and get it dinged with, <laughs> with somebody's buggy running crazy out in the parking lot. I don't know. That might be too, too rich for my blood. Hallelujah. But I'm trying to illustrate the fact, hath he not said it? Will he not do it? The Bible said the promises of God, every one of them, are yea and amen to him that believes. You know what amen means? Does anybody know what amen means? Even so let it be. Or literally, be it unto me. This is the best amen and best definition I've ever heard. Amen is, and I'm amen in myself. <laughs> because this, this is what Mary said. When about a 16-year-old virgin girl is told by an angel that she's going to become pregnant with child. And she asked an earnest and honest question. How shall this thing be, seeing that I know not a man? And then the angel answered that question. In other words, God has purposed it, God has promised it, and God's going to bring it to pass by His Spirit. Didn't the Bible say it's not by might? It's not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. The mountain that stands before you, Zerubbabel, shall become flat as a plain. And a little, little girl that had never known a man intimately is going to become pregnant. And she said, how? She said, the Holy Spirit is going to come over you and come upon you. 
This seed is going to be planted by the Spirit of God without any sexual innuendos or sexual contact at all. You're, you're, you're going to bear a holy one. And you know what? She just took him at his word. She said, be it unto me according to thy word. If God purposes something, he then promises it. And if he promises it, he's on record. And the promises of God are, yea. And be it unto me according to thy word. And amen to who? To them that believe that what he said is true. And that what he promised. And oh, by the way, I keep listening for someone to just declare this. Don't. don't we see so little answered prayer. So few Christians receiving the promises. Hebrews chapter 11 said... How many know that's the faith chapter? You know what it said in that faith chapter in the book of Hebrews chapter 11? It said of those who obtained promises. Obtained promises. And because they obtained promises, out of weakness they were made strong. Waxed valiant in fight. And put the armies of the aliens to flight. Out of they just believed his promises. Can you say, man? They had faith in his promise that he would bring to pass what he's promised. They obtained promises. You know what else the Bible said? Be ye followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For the promises of God are yea and amen to them that believe. Wow. Hath he not said it? He didn't mean it. Don't say it, God. He did mean it. Just because we don't see it happening today because our faith level is so low. As your faith be, so be it unto you. Amen? And why is the faith level so low? And so many prayers unanswered, we keep explaining it away. There's whole se segments of the Christian faith that are declaring the days of miracles are over. God doesn't do that anymore. We have the Bible. We don't need a God who can help you. A God who answers prayer. We need God to work a miracle. The days of miracles are over except for our building fund. You know what a miracle is? The short version, but all of them spin off of the short version. It's supernatural. You've got to acknowledge God is before you can believe that He's a rewarder. A supernatural. Hey, the devil's crowd believe in the supernatural. Amen. We of all people should out-believe them in the supernatural. A supernatural intervention in the normal course of human affairs. If you pray at all, you've got to believe in miracles because you're asking God to intervene. If you're praying for a loved one that God will convict them of their sin and they'll come to Christ, you're praying for a supernatural intervention in the normal course of human affairs. If you're praying for the money to come in to build that new fellowship hall, you're praying for a supernatural intervention in the normal course of human affairs. 
Oh, the days of miracles can never be over because God changes not and Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I read years ago of one, uh, one pastor's son. He said, my daddy was always, before he became a minister, he always went to a church. He said that, that he loved and grew in and got his call to preach in. He said that church, the reason it, it drew him, he said it was full of amen people. And it wasn't just people that say amen to the pastor. It's people that say amen to the Word of God. Can you say amen? Be it unto me. Say it. Be it unto me. According to thy word. Hallelujah. The Bible said the word of God in the book of Isaiah is like the rain and snow that comes down out of heaven and waters the earth and causes it to bring forth and to bud. So shall the word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It will accomplish that that I desire and it will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Hallelujah. So when we begin to reach out to nations and not just to Tampa which is a pretty churchy city. It's not being neglected, but there's still people that need Jesus in this city. Can you say amen? Listen carefully. We claim Psalm 107 and verse 20. He sent His Word. He sent His Word. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them of their destruction. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm so glad to be part of that that he is sending. You know what the tragedy is that people that are sitting in church and not saying amen to the promises. And someone over in Africa is going to say yea and amen to it. Someone in Africa is going to get healed and someone right here in church is going to miss it. Be careful what you listen to. It's either going to build your faith or it's going to tear it down. It's going, to, it's going to cause you to grow. Desire. Again, the Word. Desire. The sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Because if the Word gets in a good ground heart, it. See, it's cause and effect. It brings forth fruit. Thirty, sixty, and one hundred fold. Would you notice if your bank account grew by 30 times, whatever's in there? Some of you would have $30. (laughs) If you're, (laughs) we, I used to describe our paydays and we'd put the money in the bank, write the checks out of the bank, and then, you know, get out the peanut butter. After we eat the groceries to last us till the next payday, it was like gravy through a goose. Uh, I don't have to just, you know what that's all about, right? It goes in one end and there you go. He's got the, re- he's got the revelation. Amen. As your faith be, Jesus says, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. That doesn't mean anything you want, but everything He's purposed. And everything He's promised. If you want to know what He's purposed, don't put it in the mystical. He's got to go get His honey from the airport and we don't want Him driving 
you know, over the speed limit to get there and taking a risk. And we don't want him to uh, leave the angels. That we don't want the angels jump off his car because you're breaking the speed limit. Amen. We want him to go with you. Go get your honey and our sister and bring her back. Praise God. Amen and amen. The promises of God are yea and amen to them that believe. Be ye followers of them who through faith and patience. And because we are an impatient people, I remember talking to a minister not too many months ago. He had never prayed for the sick before. He saw it in the Word of God. He heard my testimony of God delivering me from cancer when I was a child without any chemotherapy, any therapy at all. And the doctor writing down spontaneous remission because he would, men of science, have a problem with the supernatural. Amen. So he, he, he said it was there, but it's gone. So it was a spontaneous remission. The cancer just said, oh, I'm out of here. No, 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 God. You know, the evangelist that prayed for me when my mother took me forward, when he prayed for me, she went to tell him about leukemia. She had the medical term right for cancer of the blood. He was a backwoods boy from West Texas. And I don't know if he knew what leukemia was, but he had the word of knowledge. And you know what? When she took me forward, she began to try to tell him that her son had leukemia. She got out, pray for him for Lou. She got the Lou of leukemia out. He already had the word of knowledge. And here I am, eight years old. We had no insurance. The doctor told my parents, I found this out later, that when he gets in the last stages, we can get him into the old county hospital it looked like something out of Stephen King novel or something it, it was it was a old dreary dreary place and in other words we'll keep him comfortable till he dies because we can't cure him this was in the in the early 50s when that was occurring mid 50s somewhere in there and when I got before him he just put his hand on my head and he said, I rebuke the cancer in this young man's blood in the name of Jesus. I curse it and command it to leave it. Wow. You don't have to go all the way back to the sandy shores of Galilee. You can just go back a few years when people were receiving promises by faith. Can you say amen? When the sick were healed. Demons were cast out. Oh, we didn't have a big staff of psychologists. Even Christian, Christian psychology can't cure demon possession. But Jesus did say, and He doesn't take it back. And demons haven't said, well, it wouldn't be fair for us to possess anybody. Since no one can dispossess us, that wouldn't be fair. Jesus said, in my name... You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I don't see where he's retracted that anywhere in the Word of God. I don't see that Jesus has changed. In my name you will tread on serpents. You will have power over all the power of the devil. That's why it's not walking on snakes. It's, it's having power. It's having the enemy under your feet 
under the authority of Christ in you and your, your authority in Christ. They will cast out devils. The believers will do that. I don't see where that's retracted. So how do we deal with this today? Pop psychology, psychobabble. Dr. Phil can't handle this. Or whoever he is. Is it Dr. Phil that has the psychological stuff? So where did it all go? I would have died today. I would have died in a church with a Bible and a preacher and believers. Then we try to pull out the dispensation thing. There was a time when God did this. I heard it on radio recently. National Day of Prayer, Thursday, talking about when God, when God decides to move. He, he only moves in certain times. And, you know, there were great revivals, but it was when, it, in other words, God is the one holding back revival. Well, what about the promise to ancient Israel that in principle holds fast to us today? If my people, which are called by my name, see, they have great authority with God. I said, they have great authority with God. I said, I would have died today in church. It kind of irks me when I hear, God is the one. We can't do anything until He gets ready to pour it out. God's been ready since the cross. God has been ready to save since Calvary. God has been ready since the Holy Spirit came. Amen. Listen, heaven has done all it needs to do for us to have a Holy Ghost visitation and a Holy Ghost revival. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. It isn't God isn't holy. Listen, God has nothing in heaven. It's all come down. Jesus came down. He went to the cross. He rose again. He ascended on high. But He didn't stay up there. He came back in and through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit came. He never has left. He's still here. The same Holy Ghost that came on the day of Pentecost is right here, right now. The same Jesus that walked the shores of Galilee. That's what the angel, when he was ascending, said, Why stand you looking into heaven forlorn? This same Jesus that went up is coming again. But believe me, it's the same Jesus. For Jesus Christ is the... Jesus Christ is the... Jesus Christ is... Yesterday, today, and he will be tomorrow and forever. When I had a bad stroke over four years ago, I'm not supposed to be preaching. I was in the hospital three days. They diagnosed the stroke, but my recovery was so complete and so compressed. Actually, it began in the emergency room when people began to pray. When people begin to pray, my wife called the prayer warriors and people to pray. And in the emergency room, immediately, 
every symptom of the stroke began to leave. They gave me the CT scan. They diagnosed the stroke. They saw where it happened. But on the second half of the first half of the third day, around noon, they came in and said, Mr. Vimble, you ready to go home? I said, I sure am. And by the way, I've been in a lot of hospitals, took my dad when I was caregiver many times. They want you to sit down in a wheelchair, let them take you down, get you close to the door before they let you walk. In the event that you have any problems, you don't fall and hit your head on their floor and sue them. So they don't let you walk if you seem to be perfect. But they saw what God did in me. And they said, Mr. Venable, do you think you need a wheelchair? And I said, absolutely not. Now, the day before, I had on a purple bracelet. You know what that purple bracelet meant at South Florida Baptist Hospital? It meant you can't go to the bathroom without a nurse seeing you to the door. Because you have, you know, you're a stroke victim. You may take a few steps and fall on your face. So I was, I was you know. <laughs> and so here I am. They saw something occur. They saw something occur. They didn't hear about it back in Bible days. They saw something occur. They saw something occur. Amen. A nurse in the elevator said, Mr. Venable, you know, I work with this all the time. I was there when you came in. I work with these things all the time. Sir, do you know that you are a miracle? I said, yes, ma'am, I do know that I'm a miracle. Amen. And I give God the glory. People prayed. God heard. God answered. See, there's a God in heaven that said, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will. No wonder faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God because God doesn't mince words. He says what He means and He means what He says. Woo! If you want somebody to mince words, find somebody explaining away all of this. But if you go to the Bible, there's no mincing of words. Hallelujah. 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 So in three days, in three days, in three days, the amazing thing was, they, it started in the emergency room in ICU. He said, Mr. Venable, they took a mirror because this whole side was numb and useless. And they said, Mr. Venable, but people were praying. They said, Mr. Venable, take a look at your face. And I'm looking in the mirror at my face. They said, is it drooping at all on one side? I said, no more than usual. <laughs> the peace of God is powerful stuff. When you know He's in control. When you know He has it. When you know that He's a promise-keeping God. People are praying. God is listening. Hallelujah. 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 So we got a nurse saying, you're a miracle. And not just a nurse, but now, after all of these years, and, and no speech impediment. Wouldn't the devil have loved that, that I couldn't speak? Came out of the hospital, 
It was a Tuesday. I went in Wednesday, Thursday. Came out of the hospital midday on Friday. Came in here on Sunday to preach the gospel. And my dear brother loving me like he does, he said, he said, Brother Venable, do you need a chair? Can you, can you feature that? I mean, come on. I'm sorry I put water on the floor. It's okay. It'll dry right up. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How long do you think I could sit here? Amen. There's no point in it. Amen. Charles Stanley hurt his ankle, but he's old. <laughs> he sit at a desk and teach. I'd start teaching and end up preaching. It happens every single time. Amen. There's so much joy in Jesus. Amen. I rejoice. I rejoice in Him. It's hard to contain it. Not only did He save my undying soul, but He has answered prayer. He has delivered me. Glory to God over and over. Delivered me of cancer of the blood. And when He said that, I felt the power of God come on me. Eight years old, I felt the power of God come on me. Went back home. <laughs> the next day, what my, my pattern was, I get up in the morning and I lay down on the couch. And I stay on the couch almost all day long. I had a little dog named Poncho. He's a wiener dog mix. And Poncho loved to play. And I loved to play with him. And we both just lived for our playtime outside. And Poncho would bark and whine, and I couldn't get off the couch and go play. <laughs> but the next day after prayer, I got up off the couch. When he'd give a little bark, I got up off the couch, and we got out there and running and jumping and barking and playing and having a good time. And my mama took me by the shoulder. She said, Bobby, don't overdo it. And I listen to this day, I really struggle to have the simple childlike. I'm not after some, I'm after what I had right then when I didn't know no better, when nobody told me no different, when I believed that God could and would do anything, that He not only had the power to help me, He had enough love for me that He would release it in my behalf. Amen. And I said, Mama, God healed me last night. And my mother said I was so embarrassed. Amen. You know why? Because she was waiting to see. But I wasn't waiting to see. I was out playing with my doggie, having a good time. So that's when they took me back to the doctor because my strength came back. My health came back. I, I, wasn't, I was anemic. They were treating me for anemia when they found the leukemia. I went back and they took more blood and they ran their test doctor Paul Minthorn had an office on Hillsborough Avenue, and that's where I went. And he, he come back and he said, "Mr. And Mrs. Venable, there we can't find any trace of leukemia, no trace of cancer cells in your son's blood." Amen. They were prepared to to lose me. They were prepared, Amen, for me to die, a young young boy. But God made a promise 
to His people. Call on me in the time of trouble. I will deliver you. Isaiah 33, 3, He says, Call upon me, and I will show you great and mighty things. I can't sit no longer. Amen. I'll show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You know what that means? It doesn't mean He's going to give you revelations. He's going to give you realization of answered prayer. He said, You start calling on me, you're going to see things you've never seen before. You're going to see the supernatural. You're going to see God intervene. You're going to see God come through. You're going to see God make a mountain become a plain. You're going to see God cause the water to stand still. You're going to see God turn the water to wine. You're going to see a dead man come out of a tomb. Amen. Call on me so I can answer you and show you great and mighty things. Now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, all that we ask or could possibly imagine, think, through the power that worketh in us. What is that power? Power of the Holy Spirit and the force of faith. All things are possible. I know. (laughs) Glory to God. To him that believeth. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. I'm so glad my mom and daddy wasn't sitting in a church somewhere explaining away or making apologies for everything God said. I'm glad there was a church in the city of Tampa called the Tampa Revival Center. Brother Joe Woodward was the pastor. Amen. I'm glad it existed. Your, gra- your great-grandma and grandpa attended that church. Your grandma said they were there the night that I was prayed for because they remember the evangelist who prayed for me. And that morning, your, gra- your grandma, your great-grandma said, Sister Hodges, she said, we met for prayer every morning. They had services seven days a week. Why would anybody go to church seven days a week? Well, things like that happening, it kind of gets you to stop and say, you know, I don't want to miss. If I miss a night, I'm going to miss, miss seeing God do something. <laughs> so, so, so they filled the place up. They, they said, this is what was happening when I got healed. This was church. Business as usual was unusual. There was a balcony in that building, downtown Tampa. And they met for prayer. They went up in the balcony. And they were all beseeching God to save, to heal, deliver, set free. And it said their prayers were interrupted by a choir singing. And they thought some choir has been invited to these services and they are practicing on the platform. But when they all looked up, said the most beautiful music they ever heard. But they all looked up. There was nobody in the building but them. Hallelujah. Wow. That that kind of atmosphere where God is present and manifesting. No wonder there was healings occurring, deliverances occurring. No wonder. No wonder. No wonder 
People were not cast down all the time. They had hope. They had faith. They saw God answering prayer. They saw God moving by His Holy Spirit. My pastor at that time, Brother Joe, I used to listen to his radio broadcast every Saturday morning. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. I used to hear the theme song and my little old heart would leap. Hallelujah. Then I listened to Oral Roberts on radio. And, and, and something good is going to happen to you. Happen to you this very day. Something good is going to happen to you. Spirit of expectation is rising. For Jesus of Nazareth is passing your way. So something good is about to occur. Christ is in the house. Remember when Elvis would leave and everybody wanted to get a glimpse of him, they wouldn't leave. So they would have to make an announcement. Elvis has left the building. Go home. Well, let me tell you something. Christ has not will not ever leave the building. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? He's present tense. Where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. There's no, you can't entertain me with nothing going on in the church program. They'll take the place of God moving, God answering prayer, God showing up and God showing out. Can you say amen? friend of mine at work, the doctors give up his wife to die. A blood issue uh, that was going on in her body and they couldn't find out why or what. They just know it was slowly taking her down. They were preparing the family for her demise. Her family come together and they were preparing to lose their loved one. Her husband grabbed a hold of God's promises And he said, he told them, I would like 10 minutes alone with my wife. He asked the nurse if he could have 10 minutes. He told the family members, I want 10 minutes alone with my wife. It's not the first time people were asked to leave the room so someone with faith could trust God. Amen? Jesus said a dead girl was only sleeping. They laughed him to scorn. He told him, get out of the room. 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 Sometimes we've got to get our unbelief out of the way so God can keep His promises. He don't want you to leave. He wants your faith to come back. By the way, if your faith comes back, your unbelief will have to leave. Fear will knock on the door. If you send faith to answer the door, faith will open the door and turn around and slam it and say, Ain't nobody there. Hallelujah. That's a pretty smile. Keep that smile. Praise God. Amen. So my pastor was coming back. He said, from Orlando. I have no reason to doubt this because I was healed of leukemia in that meeting. 
he was coming back from preaching in Orlando. There was only one artery to come into Tampa that was really the best, and that was 92, Highway 92. Remember I told you about the lady that the highway patrol stopped on Highway 92 headed south? And he said, <laughs> he said, lady, do you know why I stopped you? She said, no, sir, I don't. He said, you were doing almost 90 miles an hour. She said, well, the sign said 92. <laughs> he said, I'm glad I got you before you got to 301. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Just happened to be a lady. Could have been a guy. My pastor, coming back from Orlando, preached under a heavy anointing. He said that he fell asleep on Highway 92, headed back to Tampa. He said he don't know where he fell asleep. He don't know how long his car stayed where it was supposed to stay while he was asleep. But he said he woke up, and this was a bench seat in that car at that time. He said he was laying over, and his head was over in the passenger's side. And his car barreling down the road, 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and the preachers fell asleep and just fell right over. He said he opened his eye, realized the car is, and first was panic. Who's got the wheel? He said he opened one eye and said sitting behind the wheel was a big man in white apparel. And he said when he, he looked, said that it was an angel, as he perceived it to be, looked over at him as if to say, without saying any words, you can take the wheel now. <laughs> he said, I sat up, grabbed hold of the steering wheel. <laughs> he said, I began to praise God and thank God. Amen. Hallelujah. This was not... See, today, today, the supernatural... You know who's got the supernatural? Who acknowledges it and sees it manifest. Amen. The devil's crowd that believes in, in their God, the God of this world, they're seeing the supernatural. They are seeing things occur. We have to subsidize our church meetings with everything we can think of to just get people out. In a tent meeting with R.W. Schambach years ago. Many people witnessed this. He had a pianist that was anointed. I mean, he played under the anointing of Almighty God. And the pianist testified to this and many witnesses saw it. They were in the middle of the power of God coming down on that meeting. And he's playing the piano. And he closes his eyes. And he, he just couldn't couldn't keep playing. He just had to stand up and praise God. So he stood up from the piano praising the Lord. And he said the music didn't skip a beat. The piano was still playing full out. He said about 20 seconds went by. He sat down and took right up and continued to play. And a lot of people saw it. And people today would say, Lord, have mercy. What in the world is going on here? 
Well, nothing in the world is going on. Amen. As one man described it, when God really moved by His Spirit, heaven came down and kissed the earth, and I got caught right in the middle of the smack. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 Where did it all go? You had a blood disorder. They weren't sure what it was. But I read your testimony. Amen. God healed him of the blood disorder. You had a sciatic nerve that was pinched and you were in pain all the time. And during the worship service, he stood up and said, I'm healed. Brother Taylor had a bleeding polyp. They couldn't take a biopsy because it was bleeding. They wanted to get the blood to stop and then take the biopsy. You know what they thought it was. So he went back two weeks later to have the biopsy. They went in to do the biopsy and they told him and he told us the polyp wasn't there to take a biopsy. God healed him after prayer. That's a patty cake. Elton John gets a better one than that. Come on, give God a praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's something to shout about. Oh, no, you don't have to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Amen. Oil is gone, but Jesus is the same. Can you say amen? Jesus is the same. Jesus is the same. We shouldn't expect anything less. So this man I worked with, he said... Can I have ten minutes alone with my wife? He said, my wife was unconscious. He said, I went to the, I got down on my knees beside the bed. I put my hand on her head and said, Lord, my trust is in you. The doctors say she can't live, but you have the last word. Her loved ones are preparing for her demise, but you have the last word. And you told me to call on you. And I'm calling on you in the name of Jesus to heal my wife. Amen. He said, and this is how he put it, and I love the way he put it. He said, in God, he said, Brother Venable, God showed up and God showed out. Can you say amen? Honey, every time God... You say, Brother Venable, how will I know if he shows up? Because he's going to show out when he shows up. He's going to manifest His presence. He's going to manifest His power. He said his wife sat up and said, I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. His wife is alive today. And that was several years ago. So what has happened? What has happened to the amen people? I believe God is putting it in the heart of people, a hunger for His unadulterated Word as it's written, without apology. John 15 in closing. I usually have several, so don't get too excited. Amen. But I'm honestly considering you today. John 15. If you abide in Me, and My Word abides in you, You will ask what you will. Now this is not a blank check to you. Listen to the rest of it. And it shall be done unto you. Two principles are met when the Word of God abides within you. Number one, the will of God is revealed by the Word of God. What He's purposed, He's promised. He's on record. And if we ask anything according to His will... 
he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of him. So faith is there, isn't it? When you know you have it, <laughs> your, belief, your faith is released for it. Praise God. If you abide in me and my what? My word abides in you. I said something the other day. I'm going to say it again right now. There's a lot of fellowship and touching base with people from high school on Facebook. Facebook is fun. And Brother Hobbs is on Facebook. And he puts scriptures up there sometimes. Good stuff, Brother Hobbs. Hallelujah. We got time for Facebook. What would happen? Since faith comes by hearing, whether it's reading, whether it's hearing preaching, whether it's studying, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. What would happen if we spent at least as much time in faith book as we do Facebook? Oh, this may not entertain you like that, but it will enter into you. And when His Word gets down in a good ground heart, it brings fruit, 30, 60, and 100. And part of that fruit is faith. Hallelujah. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life and in mine. So when I hear, and by the way, I, it used to be old, what you would say, nominal churches, certain denominations that didn't believe in miracles anymore. But this has crept right on in. How do you know it's crept in? We still hold to it. We just don't see it. My aunt attends an Assembly of God church of, I don't know, maybe 2,000 people, somewhere big, humongous church in Alabama. When I had the stroke, my wife called everybody that would pray. She went to church and asked prayer for her, her brother-in-law, who is a Christian minister in the city of Tampa. And that church prayed. On Sunday, I was back in my pulpit. She was back in church with the report of what God had done for me. Amen. And this is a church that believes in miracles. But you see, when they actually begin to manifest and happen, we shouldn't be surprised, but we will be amazed. Amen. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. And, and so, because we prayed for so many things, but when it was so bad and things looked so dark, so she said she stood up on Sunday morning and said, you know, the prayer request that we prayed about. I guess that was on their Wednesday nights or whenever. Wednesday night probably because it happened on a Tuesday. Says, you know what we prayed about? Said, well, he is not only home, no evidence of the stroke, but he's going to be back in his pulpit Sunday preaching the gospel. And said, without anybody saying another word, said that whole church just stood to their feet and praised God. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, when you hear of God answering prayer, when you hear of God coming through, amen, it gives you courage. It gives you hope. It stimulates your faith to believe Him. 
Hallelujah. He lifted me, David said. From the miry clay, He put my feet upon a rock. He put a song in my heart. And He said, everybody that hears it is going to be glad. When they hear what God has done for me, it's going to give them courage. It's going to give them hope. It's going to stimulate their faith to believe God. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know any other God. I'm sorry, I don't know the weak, anemic God of the God who is sitting aloof in His heaven who doesn't hear and answer prayer. I only know the God who said His eyes are on the righteous. His ears are open to their cry. He said, I'm not like the man-made gods, the idols of men. They have eyes and they can't see out of them. They have arms, but they can't reach down and touch and help and heal and deliver. They have ears, but they can't hear what you're saying. But our God got eyes. Our God got ears. And our God got a right hand of righteousness that He said He would deliver us with. Can you say, man? Hallelujah.